0: Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Harenke, and I'll be the host for the next hour. As usual, my lovely co-host, Megan, to my left. Megan, how you doing?
1: Doing good. I mean, I'm trying to get used to this weather that Michigan's throwing at us right now, but it's not anything out of the usual.
0: No, not really. It was weird today, though, because I'm used to cold in April. That's fine. But what (laughs) happens when it's it's warm at 9 in the morning? It's like 56 degrees, and then come noon, it's just... Windy and freezing.
1: Again, we, we live in Michigan. I mean, come on. <laughs> I was
0: excited this morning. I'm like, all right, we're getting on a good track here.
1: I know. I Weather's you, picking up. I told you earlier, I walked out of my house with a winter jacket on and w- walked out five feet from the front of my house and I said, oh, it's too warm. out. turned around yeah. on and put my north face on. <laughs> good decision. Yeah,
0: I'm happy I kept the same coat that I left in this morning because <laughs> it was freezing. It was the wind really that just made everything f- God, it's cold out. But What did you say it's going to be by Saturday? Like 65 or 65 something like that? by
1: Saturday. It's supposed to be uh, 55 by Wednesday, 56 Thursday, 59 Friday, and 65 Saturday, just in case anybody wanted a weather update.
0: All right. <laughs> Regular weather channel over here. That's good. No, that's good. Finally, the weather's going to pick up around here. Um, I was expecting it any time now. It is April 4th. So hopefully we can. I'm fine in the 50s. Just keep it around the 50s, maybe mid-60s, low-60s. I'm content with that. it's just been I mean it was like <laughs> sleeting the other day. I'm like what is going on? but uh let's get to sports enough uh weather. You guys can go to Weather Channel for that <laughs> if you want to hear more about uh the upcoming weather sure but uh, we do have a lot to get to on today's show, and uh we're gonna start off the show with the national championship game. It is finally here, April fourth national championship game out in Houston, Texas, at Reliance Stadium, looking to be. I think it's going to be a really good game tonight. You got the Butler Bulldogs, the eighth seed, taking on the Connecticut Huskies in the three seed. So, this is the first time in 33 years that a number one or two seed did not make the Final Four. You know, we were talking about that last week. And looking at this game tonight, um, well, first off, Butler took down VCU on Saturday. The Final Four was played this Saturday. Uh, Butler got to the Rams. Um, you know, the VCU really had a remarkable run in this year's tournament. Uh, uh, just wasn't enough in the end. Butler's suffocating defense really shut down VCU. They kept it close. Final score, I believe, was 68-61. to uh, VCU did all they could, but Butler, having really been there last year, you know, this is uh, Butler's second year uh, making it to the National Championship game, you know, with some older players, Matt Howard, who's just, you know, Matt Howard and Shelvin and Mack really are just beasts on that team. And uh, they take control of the game when they need to. Uh, looking at Connecticut, Connecticut took down Kentucky on Saturday night in a very close game. Uh, Connecticut won 56 55 in a game that looked like Connecticut might. Might blow it open a little bit towards the end of the game, but Kentucky really made a run there at the end. I guess the score, 56-55, looks a little closer than it was. Kentucky hit a uh, a three-pointer with time just expiring in the second half. So really, I look at it as a four-point win. But looking at the game tonight, Megan, uh, you know, you got Connecticut Butler, uh, Kemba Walker, who's absolutely probably the best player in the tournament, in my opinion, this year. Looking at this game, which is going to tip at 9.23 p.m. tonight, who do you got, and why?
1: Um, I mean, I'm gonna have to go with UConn. Um, I mean, I'm all for underdog teams. Like, if Butler could pull off this win, that'd be phenomenal. As we said last week, um, are more people gonna be watching because there's no number one, number two seeds in it. Uh-huh. That's a possibility, and a lot of people like to root for the underdogs. It's normally me. But I'm gonna to have to say UConn just because I'm looking at points, like average points. Everything is super close. It is. It's very teams. even. So I mean, it's kind of difficult to say. But I mean, I mean, I feel like UConn is on such a streak, even though Butler was one that wasn't predicted, obviously, to make it. Um, that I and I had I had them in my Final Four too. I thought they were gonna do it. Um, I thought they were gonna to lose to Ohio State, who ended up losing anyway. Yeah. And I just I, I see them going all the way.
0: See him taking it down, Jim mm-hmm. Calhoun, getting another ring, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, good stuff. I agree with you as well. I do think UConn is the better... Uh, team, I think they're the better coach team. I think Brad Stevens is a young and upcoming all-star. This guy is the youngest coach, um, in the NCAA. He's only 34, uh, when you see him on TV, I mean, he looks my age practically. Um, the guy is very young and he's done a phenomenal job with that program out there. I mean, this is a small school. For anyone who doesn't know this, Butler only has 4,500 students on its campus compared to the 40-some thousand you see here at Michigan State. And I mean, God knows how many people even attend, uh, go to Connecticut. Uh, It's a small school out-of-the-horizon conference and um, Butler, they have done something that I never expected them to do. Made, you know, the run they made last year in beating us in the Final Four and just the way they've gotten through the tournament this year, winning close games knowing how to finish games you see how they beat Pitt, upset the number one seed there in the third round this tournament and just really suffocating defense, I have to say it again, and this goes for both teams, you mentioned the stats um, they're very close in points per game, opponents points per game rebounds, assists, um, you Can go through down through the stat line, and these teams really match up quite evenly. Overall, though, I still think Connecticut is a better team. I think they're more talented. Kemba Walker is the best player in the tournament this year, and he's been he's proved it game in and game out. Kemba Walker, he is actually going to be he's going to join Oscar Robinson as the only player to average 25 points per game, six assists, five rebounds. In a single tournament and that is with a minimum of four games played in the tournament which is absolutely phenomenal. Now Oscar Robertson's numbers completely dwarf Kemba Walker's numbers but nonetheless Kemba Walker has played like a machine in this tournament and I think guys like Kemba Walker and Lamb are going to be the difference in this game. Does Kemba Walker maintain how he's played throughout the tournament tonight? I think so. I see no reason why he falls off in this game. Uh, You look at how UConn played against Kentucky. They held Kentucky to 33.9% shooting. The key to this game, again, is going to be which team maintains their defense. Um, It's going to be a lower scoring game. I think you're going to see a game in the mid-50s to low 50s. I don't think you're going to see a running gun. That's not how these teams operate, really. Uh, but as you said, Megan, I got to agree. I think UConn takes it down. Uh, I would not be upset at all if uh, Butler won. No mid-major team has ever uh, won the national championship, so that would be quite an accomplishment. And, you know, you made the comment earlier, Megan, about, you know, the underdogs. And, I mean, Butler, you know, they are an underdog in this game, but I don't believe they're an underdog for the tournament. This is a team now that has matched what they did last year they were only—they were down two points to Duke with three point six seconds left last year. They had a chance to win that game, heaving that three point shot that actually went off the backboard and hit the rim, which almost completed one of the most you know magical runs in probably NCAA tournament history. But Butler and UConn—I think it is going to be a fantastic game. Uh, you going to be watching it tonight, or do you got a lot of homework to do?
1: I'm actually going to the gym right after the show, but I'm gonna try and get back and maybe do homework and watch it at the same time. Well so. I mean you should
0: have enough time and we I get done so. at eight, so I know. Nine twenty-three always that good weird tip off time. So <laughs> nine twenty-three and thirty seconds. Uh, for you guys to tune into that. Um another little fun fact about these two teams, UConn and Butler both have nine losses, a combined eighteen losses entering this national championship game. Now that is the most combined losses entering a championship game by two teams in men's basketball history, men's college basketball history. So, I mean, again, it's been a weird tournament. It's been a weird year. Um, I think the whole tournament, again, please call in if you picked Butler in Connecticut, 517-432-3893. I'm curious if anyone in the entire East Lansing, Lansing, as far as this radio station goes, if you pick this if you pick this matchup, I will praise you, okay, if you pick this matchup cuz that's absolutely incredible. Connecticut, you know what, maybe not as much. I don't know how anyone could have picked Butler. Um I don't know how anyone could have picked Butler. I just, I just got to say it again. It's that it's very shocking, uh, but very, very exciting to see that team in there. I really think, uh, you know, they're very well coached team, uh, well disciplined team. Both uh, Jim Calhoun is trying to become only the fifth coach to win three NCAA titles, and uh, you know he's he's getting there close. Uh, I really believe that if Jim Calhoun does win this championship tonight, that he will retire. I think that a lot of coaches. Like to leave on a high note, if you want to say that. Even if they lose, I think just making it there might be enough for him to say. That's it. Okay? But um, I guess that's all, you know, really got to say about the tournament. Like I said, it's at 923 tonight is your tip. It's going to be on CBS, so definitely check that out if you want to. Because if you don't, college basketball is done all the way until November. Okay? Long time to wait.
1: I think it'll come pretty fast, so. It does every year. It
0: does. I mean look, they already the football's already in spring practice.
1: I know. Who would have thought? You know, so <clears throat> we don't start till what, September? Meaning of September?
0: Yeah. It's like yeah, the first weekend of September. Is it's usually,
1: usually- isn't it usually Labor Day weekend?
0: Yeah, it usually is. It's like okay. September 3rd, September 4th, whatever okay. day like that, it'll fall on. So
1: I mean, that's still, that's still approaching pretty fast.
0: It really is. Um, that, I mean, that's really kind of... I mean, it's already April 4th. I really can't believe how fast these weeks fly by these days. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be summer before we know it. And my computer's real slow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, the championship game, I got UConn. Give me a call. You know, it's 517-432-3893. Who do you guys think is going to win, Butler or UConn? Give me your pick and tell me why. But we're actually going to move on because we only got 15 minutes. And we're going to talk about the Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Okay, the Tigers started off the season. Opening date was uh, this last Thursday, March 31st. And they started off their series with the New York Yankees. Now, the Tigers did not have... Uh, the best game, uh, their first game. It wasn't that, it wasn't terrible. I think Verlander did a very good job. Um, you know, he went six innings, uh, gave up three earned runs, uh, three earned runs. I think he did a pretty good job there out on the mound. Uh, unfortunately, Phil Coke came in in the seventh and gave his first pitch. Mm. Granderson for his third consecutive season homered. And really, that just kind of started the trickle effect of the Yankees getting a few more runs here and there. Tigers end up losing that opening day game 6-3. to three. And then they had a day off on Friday. On Saturday, they play the Yankees again with Brad Penny uh, starting on the mound. And Brad Penny, oh, this guy struggled. He struggled uh, woefully bad. <laughs> um, Brad Penny, unfortunately, and just uh, he gave up uh, eight earned runs. Um, in that game, just uh, in only four and a third inning, he gave up eight earned runs, and just really, I mean his strike to ball ratio, not very good, out of his 90 pitches only 48 of them are strikes he really needs to fix that, not to mention four walks uh, not helping when you're just you're giving up too many base hits, so I mean Brad Penny you know kind of you know he's had injury problems in the past i'm not saying he's injured right now cuz he's not but the point is is that inconsistency with penny i'm not going to put a lot on this it's one start it's you know the second game of the year but uh how many did you catch any of these games uh over the weekend they also played uh you know yesterday on sunday and actually got their first win uh 10 to 7 which was a slugfest uh seven home run seven uh-huh. home runs in the game yeah it was uh it was just uh, tigers won 10 to 7 so i mean we 'll get to the Orioles game in a minute, which uh, the Tigers played today at three o five but looking at this first series against the Yankees, what did you see out of the Tigers
1: um i caught I missed Saturdays because I was gone, but I saw opening day on Thursday and I saw yesterday okay um opening day was a little. A little, eh. I mean, I wasn't, I was excited to watch. I was like, yes, baseball's back.
0: Oh, yeah. ESPN, first game, 105. What are the Tigers
1: doing? Like, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that was a little heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, that
0: wasn't, like I said, I don't think that was a bad loss. No.
1: Um, I mean, it was, I didn't like losing our, our opening game but No, of course <laughs> Yesterday's game, I think I know I think is what I really want to talk about um, With Scherzer on the mound um, With him starting The thing about Scherzer I found is he's very inconsistent mm-hmm. um, He'll get the outs, he'll get the strikes Then all of a sudden he'll start walking people uh-huh. And that's the thing I don't like about Scherzer um, He's not bad Oh no. By no means he's not bad um, I just feel like he's young And he needs to get a little more consistent with his pitching Um, One thing I absolutely loved about yesterday, and I will say this days and days to come, is Cabrera.
0: Oh, yeah. Cabrera Absolutely. getting back to form I immediately. I loved
1: Cabrera. He did awesome. What did he have? Did he have two home runs yesterday? Cabrera had
0: two home runs. Okay. He had four RBIs. Yeah. And then, um, which, was, yeah, just fantastic.
1: And then the other thing was, you know, Bosch isn't even starting right now, and he was an excellent DH. He was an excellent choice for them to put in. He was four for four. Um, I think he had a few RBIs, too. Was, yeah,
0: Bosch had four RBIs, and yeah. he scored four times. Yeah,
1: and, I mean, they did very well yesterday. The only thing, you know, I was talking to my family about it, and they're like, but it takes 10 runs for us to win a game and that's the only thing that was a little disappointing but at the same time you know it's the first few games they're getting into it um you know like we said before spring training doesn't say much for a team
0: no not at all
1: and i you know the yankees are are a hard team to start off against um, they're they're a good team. They're a very difficult team. I mean, you have Jeter, you have A Rod, oh yeah, you have those couple guys, and um,
0: you can go down the list: Swisher, yeah. Posada. Yeah. Um, they have, and not to mention their pitching is very very good as well. Uh, right. Burnett's fantastic pitcher. You can look at even, I mean, Jabba Chamberlain. You know, in the middle relief. Um, you know, they have a very deep team, uh-huh. and yeah, to go on the road in you know Yankee Stadium. Oh, Like I said, the first game, and not that bad of a loss. I think Verlander did a great job. I wish he could have went longer. Unfortunately, he already thrown 114 pitches by the end of the sixth inning. So I can understand first game of the year. They really don't want to put him out there into the seventh, you know, in the first game and really extend that pitch count. But... You know Phil Coke. I think we're going to see better things to come from him. I think he had a rough uh, first game there. I mean it never helps you know your your mindset when you throw your first pitch out there in the seventh and Granderson slams a home run on you.
1: I was, I was sitting there going Granderson come back, Granderson come back to the Tigers. Like you I mean I, I love Austin Jackson, but oh yeah,
0: and I think I mean I still and I've always believed that that is one of the best trades that the Tigers have ever done. I love Granderson myself, but with Max Scherzer, Austin Jackson, and Phil Coke, yeah Phil Coke had a rough first game, yeah, Scherzer, yeah, he did give up about four earned runs, but at the same time, yeah, he had a little problem with his control, but in the long run, I mean, Granderson's getting older, and he's not the leadoff hitter he used to be, again, yeah, sure, he had his third, you know, opening day home run, so, I mean, you know, that looks really good, but nonetheless, I think Austin Jackson is obviously, you know, I mean, he's that young talent that's going to be with us for a long time. Mm And so that's really good. Now looking at today's game, uh, the Tigers uh, they played the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Orioles, no, Marley-o-les. the Orioles. Uh, <laughs> they played Baltimore today, and uh, they played this game. It was at Baltimore, and unfortunately, they lost five to one in a game where the Tigers really struggled to find any kind of consistency with their bats. They did have seven hits, but uh, Will Rhymes is the only guy to have gotten two hits that game. Um, it just really wasn't the best performance by Rick Porcello. Again, I think looking at you know these last couple games, it's just going to take a little time to see the pitching come around. We really need to start seeing that pitching getting better. Uh, Porcello, he gave up a three-run homer in the fourth inning and uh, really kind of opened the game up. I believe they scored four runs there in the fourth, or it was the fifth. I didn't catch this game. It was actually at 3.05 this afternoon. But Baltimore, Baltimore which is actually the surprise right now of the league, First time since nineteen ninety seven this team's four and oh to start the season off. Oh. Which is Something incredible and I think a lot, most of the credit if not obviously can't be all the credit but Buck showalter and what he's done in there in Baltimore has been a fantastic job I think we saw the prelude to this team last season when Buck came in there and they really had a good end of the season there uh, you know for Baltimore and you've seen it right now they're four and0 uh, the Tigers do have the day off tomorrow um, they would have usually had the day off today but you know they play today with Baltimore but they're going to get the day off tomorrow so the Tigers' next game is going Going to be on Wednesday, April sixth. This is going to be the first seven o five game. So we're finally going to get a night game. So you people that got to work and got to go to class or whatever you got to do, you're going to most likely be able to watch this game. Verlander is going to take the mound for this game, uh, which should be a very good game. Uh, Guthrie um, should be pitching for Baltimore. He was admitted to the hospital actually a day ago for um, for a fever. So hopefully he gets healthy and he's ready to go for Wednesday. On Thursday, they'll finish up their series with Baltimore again. That'll be a 7.05 start time. Brad Penny will take the mound, trying to get back on track after that game against the Yankees. And then it's opening day. Yay. Yeah, you're not going to opening day, I right? I
1: wish I have to. I have an internship now, and I gotta go to that
0: internship. Set. Where? I do.
1: Um, I'm not sure. Like, not a lot of people know about it. Um, it's called when we We're Young Productions. It's out in um, Heartland. Okay. My hometown. Nice. And uh, they do all of MHSAA TV, like all the live broadcasting, all the Fox stuff they put together, like all that kind of stuff. So I start tomorrow. And I'm there every Tuesday and Thursday for the night. So nice. Yeah. So I start that. But I wanted to say something real quick. You did say something about the pitching needed to get a little bit better. For, oh yeah. Or for Detroit. The one the one person I wanted to talk about was Valverde.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Valverde is one of those closing pitchers that he gets one two out and then he walks a few and he yeah. makes it a little interesting. Makes you I, sweat a little. Yeah. And it, oh, he needs to quit that. He's been doing that since last year and it drives me nuts. Um. The other thing was we. What was Ordonez hurt?
0: Uh, Ordonez, uh, they were resting him. He had a sore ankle. Oh, okay. So they were just resting him. He's just, you know, I mean, he's just taking it easy. Um, I believe he's supposed to get the. He's going to be playing on Wednesday.
1: Because I know they had Kelly in there for him, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's. I was. My dad came home and he's like, "Who's in? Isn't Ordonias out?" And I was like, "Well, yeah. I mean, you have Ordonias, you have Jackson, and those are or not, not Ordonias." I was like trying to think who it was, and I was like, "I <laughs> think they put Kelly in there." So. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, I was just wondering. I didn't know what was wrong with him. I didn't even think to look, look it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, he just had a sore ankle, so they're just making sure he's fine. I mean, Ordonias started off the season 0 for seven at the. Plate. so obviously I guess they thought his ankle just you know it's just wasn't good enough um, so he's getting a little bit of rest and that's fine uh, in my opinion the guy needs to get his you don't need him to tweak something and be out for a few weeks on the DL right now mm-hmm. I think that's one of the keys to this team and I, I mean it's kind of a cliche thing to say it's it's really a key for any team in any sport yeah we got to stay healthy well obviously but the Tigers they really do need to stay healthy at least our key guys need to stay healthy guys like Megs guys like Cabrera even Jackson, and, you know, in our pictures. We need to stay healthy. Zumaya hopefully, can get back. This guy's been hurt ever since, I mean, he had his great year in 2006. And since then, where is Zumaya? Uh, the guy's always uh, hurting something here and there. I really like this kid. I just hope he can get it together and stay healthy finally. I mean, if you remember that article we saw, I'm 100%.
1: Is he still hurt?
0: Yeah, he's still He's on the DL still. What? Yeah, I mean him and Guillen are still in the DL.
1: Oh, well, I knew about Guillen though. They put rhymes in there for him. Yeah,
0: and, and you know, yeah, you know, Mighty Mouse is doing a good job out there. Mm-hmm. You know, he got two hits again today. You know, and that's good. V-Mart, Victor Martinez, he has struggled the last couple games. He's zero for nine in the last two games at the plate. But again, for a catcher who's not playing all the time, he DHs here and there. You know, I think again, it's the start of the season. I don't think you to put a lot of stock into a team that starts off one and three right now. But I, I am looking at something something interesting here, and it's really talking about the Tigers over the last ten seasons, how they've started the last ten games, and how that reflected on the team, how they finished the season. And looking at these stats, you see last year the Tigers started six and four. Okay, they finished the season eighty-one and eighty-one. You go back to two thousand nine when they were just one game back of Minnesota. They started the they started off five and five. Okay, ended eighty six and seventy seven. Basically, the trend. Looking at all this because I'm not going to go through all ten years. Basically, you see when this team started off three and seven, one and nine, two and eight. You know, zero and ten. Just never even close to clinching the division. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Again, you don't have to start off seven and three or six and four. It'd be nice if you could start off six and four, seven and three, five and five. You know that's fine. This is baseball. There's 162 games to be played, so there's a lot of time to figure things out. Bottom line is, when you see those really rough starts, like you look back at 2008 when they started off two and eight, which was a really tough start for this team. You know they ended 74 and 88. That is not going to win you the division. Not in the Central Division. Kansas City is leading our division right now. Again, it is the start of the season. Kansas City is 3-1 and right now, and basically Detroit and Minnesota are at the bottom of the barrel in the Central Division. So there is a lot of time to make up ground. Again, the Tigers will be coming home for their opening day at Comerica Park. That will take place on April 8th against the Kansas City Royals, a team that I think we both know always gives us trouble. <laughs> Always, I don't know what it is. Casey can be crap or they can be great, and they'll still always beat us. Uh, Billy Butler, he's got our number. This guy steps to the plate. Doesn't matter who's pitching. Billy Butler hits it. You know, hits it on us. So I think that's going to be a fantastic series this weekend. I'm very excited to see it. Um, I do wish I could go to Opening Day. I've never. Have you ever been to Opening Day?
1: I haven't. I've been invited. I had to work. You had to work. I know. Life, life gets in the way of the fun things, doesn't it?
0: I know. (laughs) Because I was thinking about going to this Opening Day too, but I have to work as well. So it's like that's not really an option anymore.
1: Right. I'm going to a game though this this uh, this month.
0: Do you know uh, what game? What game is it again?
1: April twenty second. I'm going to see the White Sox. And the Tigers.
0: That should be a real good and game. It's a
1: Friday night game, seven seven oh five game, I think. Yeah. And I'm pretty pretty pumped because I went to a White Sox game last year, and it was one of their last, might have been their last home game of the season. Okay. I don't remember. Um, it was in like September, September or October sometime. And, yeah, it's probably um,
0: like late September.
1: Yeah, and they went into extra innings with the White Sox and ended up winning. So. I'm pretty excited because it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a good game.
0: No, definitely. I think, yeah. I mean, that'll definitely be a good game. And I'll, you know, I always like going to games of, you know, our division rivals going to a, a yeah. Cubs. I mean, not Cubs, yeah. A White Sox game or a Twins game. KC, even Cleveland doesn't matter. Just a divisional game. I think it adds a little bit of flavor to it. Yeah, for sure. And that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back to, you know, Cabrera again, you know, just fantastic. He was three for five on uh, Sunday against the Yankees. Four RBI, four RBIs, two home runs. Brendan Bosch uh, looked like he was getting a little more, pa- he was being a little more patient. Yeah. You know, laying off a few pitches, mm-hmm. uh, which is very good. And I think that's always been my biggest complaint of Brendan Bosch is that he never has that, he never, you know, just lays off pitches.
1: He got excited to be the big rookie in town. And I just That's what it is. And he got a little ahead of himself. And, you get that big swing. Right. Um, something I wanted to add about Cabrera, too, is, you know, like, He's like a prime example of a good athlete who can bounce back from something that's gone bad. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. I mean, I not to compare him, to, but I'm going to do a kind of a comparison here. As so you look at Tiger Woods, yes. who was amazing, and then all of a sudden a scandal came out, and he has gone down the tubes. Like, he's not as good as he used to be. Like, he's not showing what he used to be. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it is due to his public... Public divorce Is like Everything that's Gone down And I think
0: Yeah I mean
1: I mean that's Probably a good Majority of it But then you Look at And then you Look at Cabrera Who like Has gotten in Trouble for you Know drinking And driving DUIs twice and he comes back and he hits two home runs yesterday like
0: And that's great. Um yeah, he's doing a really good job there and just and I think he knows to get uh, get the media and get everybody off his back about mm-hmm. the drinking and about, you know, that whole situation back in March is he needs to perform on the field. Mm-hmm. He performs on the field, the fans the media quickly forget. Right. It's the, it's the nature of the business. If you perform, you could have honestly, you know, can you you be charged for manslaughter if if you perform on the field, people forget. People want, you know, fans want to just see wins. They want to see results, and really, unless it's some egregious offense that you committed, the fans are gonna forgive you, mm-hmm. and fans are gonna move on and get over it. Mm-hmm. What you were saying with Tiger Woods, I think the difference there is Tiger Woods is ten times more of a more of a star mm-hmm. than Miguel Cabrera, mm-hmm. at least worldwide. Yeah, Tiger Woods is a billion-dollar athlete. He is everywhere. And I think, I mean, I know I haven't played a lot of golf, but I can tell you, at least from people that I know that have played golf, when you are going through something like that, that is that public and that is that out there, and day after day something else comes out, I mean, really, with the Cabrera situation, it all really came out in the same day. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, we heard a little bit more a week later about some of the ridiculous things he was saying, you know, when he was in that restaurant and to the cops. But at the same time, this story of Tiger Woods went on for months. Mm-hmm. You know, first it's you know him, you know the whole tree and the Escalade, and then before you know it, it's these twelve women, on and on and on. And I just don't think that you can play golf, a game that takes a lot. Concentration. Yes, baseball also takes a lot of concentration. Mm-hmm. But a game like golf where you don't have a team around you, Cabrera can have a bad game here and there and the Tigers can still win. Tigers can still get it done. Tiger Woods, he he hasn't he's it's not like he can just hand his driver off to his caddy and say, you know what, I'm not feeling it today. Mm-hmm. Why don't you take a swing for me? But um no, it is nice to see Cabrera actually, you know, just get out there and get get going already. The guy's got two home runs, five RBIs in the first four games of the season. Um guys on pace hopefully to get it done again. So, oh, I think we all hope. So I think this is the time we've said this is the Tigers' year to win this division.
1: Oh, the other thing I wanted to add, I, okay. I keep thinking of things. Well, we good going. Um, what was with them dropping the ball left and right, left and right, going for the out at first, and then uh-huh. they pop out of their glove, and they're like, Just, what? what? They happened like three or four <laughs> times. Like grab the ball. I don't it's know like the first thing you learn, and when you're a kid, like playing t ball and baseball, it's like two hands. Make sure it's in your gloves. <laughs> close glove I know that was the other thing that kind of really bothered me about that I mean I'm sure it's just a couple little mistakes and you know they'll be fine after that these yeah. couple of games but it was I was like well, oh they're oh no he's not out yeah like, it's like
0: there's baby oil on the on the baseball <laughs> there
1: was one that went in the outfield one time and they're like I'm the announcers oh and it's caught oh never mind it fell <laughs>
0: and it slipped right out of the glove
1: <laughs> and I was just like uh oh. and it happened at first you Cabrera dropped one too
0: yeah you got Rod Mario, oh he's out he's safe <laughs> <laughs> but um let's uh, we're gonna move on real fast before we take our break. Uh, we're not gonna talk about this for long at all. But um another uh little uh, information came out in the Barry Bonds case uh today. Uh prosecutors in the federal case against Barry Bonds say a key witness has rediscovered the tape of a secretly recorded conversation with the sluggers doctor, sparking a fight between the government and defense lawyers over whether the new material can be included at a trial years in the making now. So, basically, uh, there was no testimony today involving in this trial because one of the witnesses, I mean, one of the jurors, excuse me, was sick. They have kidney stones. So, uh, you know, you're not allowed to have testimony even if one juror is out. Obviously, if his illness makes him be out for an extended period of time, they will have a relief juror. They'll have some other juror come in and take his spot. Uh, The juror who is out is a 60-year-old man. They they do not release the names of these jurors until there's a a verdict finally, Uh, so we will not know who the guy is. It doesn't even matter, really. Point being, if this guy gets, if he can't be on the jury, it's going to be nine women, three men on the jury. I don't think something like that favors Barry Bonds. Just in that sense. I mean, let me, I mean, in your opinion. Just as a, I mean, I know we both don't give a crap about this. Honestly, I don't give a crap. I mention it because people should know, right. and the trial will be over, you know, within a couple of weeks. Hope so. But at the, yeah, yeah, really, right? <laughs> Hope so. But at the same time, I mean, in your opinion, does it help or hurt Barry to have more, I mean, nine to three, you're talking, you know, nine women, three men on the jury. I know they always say you're trying to get, when they get these jurors, that they're supposed to be as, you know, unbiased as possible. Right. But at the same time, Everyone knows. Everyone's Everyone has bias, and yeah. whether you're on the jury or not, you're going to have some kind of bias, especially when you get testimony like that mistress had about what, you know, the slanderous kinds of things he was saying to yeah. her, the threats, um, all these types of things. Does it hurt Barry to have all these women? Is that even fair?
1: I mean, it depends on the woman. I mean, if I was a woman on that trial, I don't know if I'd 100% believe his mistress, and as I said yeah, last week. Yeah, that's true. And, like... I'm sure not to be biased toward women because I know I know a lot about sports but a lot of women don't know much about sports anything that's going on around sure. sports and like all that kind of stuff, and so I, it might it might hurt them or it might help them because if I was on it, I wouldn't believe anything that was coming out of that woman's mouth. Um, but if, if these women might be like, "Oh no, I've heard my, that happened to my friend before." Like, you know, her husband did this to her. Like, they could have that kind of because connection. Are, women are so much more emotional than men are. Exactly, that's like a proven fact. And, that
0: is fact,
1: and and it's like they could they can sympathize or they could be like, no. Like me.
0: Yeah. No, she's a lying, lying woman.
1: Yeah, I mean, so it all depends on the person. See, people are so hard to read sometimes, and... You never know with juries.
0: No, very true. But that's what's going on in the Barry Bonds case right now. Uh, testimony uh, should resume tomorrow in the Barry Bonds trial. And if anyone's ever interested in keeping up on the uh, you know, updates on the trial, there is a live blogger on ESPN.com who gives you constant updates to what is going on with the trial right now. But we are going to take a quick break right now. When we get back, we're going to get into uh, some stuff about the Detroit Pistons, uh, little Detroit Red Wings, and an interesting little story actually regarding an ex-auburn player and involving msu this is the spartan sports rap on 88.9 wdbm east lansing you're listening to impact exposure for more variety than you'll hear on any other
1: station listen to the impact prime time where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week
0: Friday nights at 10 p.m., get ready for The Mechanical Pulse, where we're spinning all the house, trance, drum and bass, electro, ambient, and remixed music you need to get the weekend started. You'll hear live interviews and DJs spinning straight from the Impact Studios and the best new music on the scene. So tune in every Friday night at 10 p.m. for
1: Mechanical
0: Pulse, only on 88.9 The Impact. Have you ever considered donating your blood? If not, perhaps you might reconsider. By the time this announcement is through, 15 new people will need blood. In fact, blood is needed by one in every 10 hospital patients, and there is almost always a shortage. There is no substitute for human blood. It cannot be manufactured. It can only come from those willing to donate. To learn more or make an appointment, visit RedCrossBlood.org. Reconsider blood
1: donation. It's about life. Now, back to
0: Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 W D B M E East Lansing. His, The great headphones I have.
1: They just exploded. They just exploded
0: yeah. again, but no harm. <laughs> just put them back together. It's not It's not a problem. And they did it again. But whatever. We're going to move on. I don't even really need the headphones, but they just make me feel like I'm... Really doing radio. And um, it's really special. Oh, yeah. Really special. <laughs> <laughs> she was had like, these like $200 Bose headphones.
1: Gosh, I wish. I got mine for my birthday last year. I don't even wear them anymore, though.
0: Yeah. I mean, where I'm working now, I'm in Best Buy, like, pretty much every day of the week. And I'm just checking out all this stuff all the time. And like t- these headphones are Bose? gorgeous.
1: Bose, yeah. I don't know. I've heard... There's actually better headphones than
0: Bose. Oh, no, definitely. Trust me. I think Bose is overrated in a lot of ways.
1: I don't know. I have Bose speakers in my living room at home, and I love them. They were my dad's. And so like,
0: okay, I'm like, yeah, Did you pop for those?
1: No, no, no. They were my dad's, and he doesn't use them. And I have this, it's cool. I have like a mini jukebox that you can hook your iPod up to, and they're hooked up to the Bose speakers. So okay. they're like around our living rooms. When we have people over, we have music to listen to. Nice. And it's, they actually work really well. I love my Bose speakers.
0: Well, there's an endorsement for Bose. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> um, but uh, real fast, uh, two MSU players are going to miss the rest of spring practice. Uh, nose tackle Antonio Jeremiah and center Nate Klatt will miss the rest of spring practice. Uh, Coach D'Antonio announced this Friday. Clatt, uh, who is uh, a center for the team, he's a sophomore right now. He's in a four-player battle to become the Spartans' starting center. Um, basically, Nate Klatt, he broke his foot so he's going to be out the rest of spring practice. So we'll see how that impacts him getting the starting position there at the center spot. Uh, like I've saying, nose tackle, Antonio Jeremiah has a torn ACL. So he's going to be missing uh, again, the rest of spring practice. Jeremiah is a fifth year senior who has basically, he's been bouncing around between offense uh, offensive end and defensive end on his lines. Uh, basically the way the article puts it, he's battling a lot of weight issues. So he's been going back and forth. So those players are going to be out for the rest of spring practice spring practice did start up this Tuesday like Chris saying it's already coming up it's already it's like they did you know we just watched you know the championship football game and spring practice before you know it they're gonna have that spring game and I
1: don't know it's gonna be crazy
0: oh very crazy but you had a joke that you told me before the show I did and I want you to tell our (laughs) listeners because I think it's hilarious all right go
1: um so my friend posted this on his Facebook um thank you Mark I know you're probably not listening even though I wrote it underneath your status um (laughs) It says, an MSU, U of M, and Ohio State fan are climbing a mountain, arguing about who loves his team more. The Buckeyes fan insists he is the most loyal. This is for Ohio State, he yells, and jumps off the side of the mountain. Not to be outdone, the Spartan fan is next to professes love for his team. He yells, This is for the Spartans, and pushes the Wolverine fan off the mountain. <laughs> and that is the joke.
0: And that is a joke. It's hilarious. <laughs> Tell your friends. It's a good joke. Tell all your Wolverine friends.
1: I wasn't expecting that. I saw the Ohio State one. I'm like, what is he going to do next? And then pushes the Wolverine fan off the mountain. I'm like, yes!
0: Very cool. I like it. It's a a great joke. (laughs) Um, We're going to get to a story right here, like I was telling you before the break. And this is a story that comes out of the Detroit News. Um, It's a story that involves an ex-Auburn player. And he says he was paid by a Michigan State booster. He's paid cash. Um, as the story goes, first off, this is going to, this is an HBO special that's going to be airing this Wednesday night. So it will be on Wednesday night on HBO if you want to catch this. The player that is in discussion is Stanley McGlover. Okay, and he does implicate Michigan State and some other schools in this interview that he did. Okay, McLover said he was given cash and handshakes from boosters at Michigan State and LSU. He received sexual favors at Ohio State and was eventually given a book bag filled with cash at Auburn. Now, uh, officials at Michigan State say they were unaware of any of these possible problems. Um, Here's a quote from uh, Associate Athletic Director John Lewinowski. uh, Quote, our compliance office was never alerted to this alleged handshake, end quote. So... Michigan State saying they have no idea what's going on with this.
1: They're always going to deny it, though. I'm not saying we did it, but I'm just saying uh-huh. there's always going to be denial somewhere.
0: Yeah, and I mean, again, I think uh, I'll, I'll get to this quote in a second, but... You know, how much can you trust this guy necessarily? Uh, McLover, uh, McLover, not McLover. Yeah, okay. Uh, He was a defensive lineman who spent three years in the NFL. He played at Auburn in 2004 and 2005. Um, And he said he switched his commitment from Ohio State to Auburn after asking for the money from uh, Auburn and getting it delivered to him. McGlover says quote, I literally almost passed out I couldn't believe it, it was true I felt like I owed them, end quote and that's why he switched his commitment I guess if they could get a book bag full of cash which I guess I should ask for Cause I could definitely use it.
1: I only play here if you give me money.
0: Yeah, I'm only do this show if you give me a book bag of cash. No, I'm just kidding. That's joke. Yeah, just joking. Um, but uh, McLover was recruited prior to the part of the, uh, prior to the start of the 2003 season. Um, if he would have gone to Michigan State, he would have been under John L. Smith. So, uh, but one of um, the how um, however, the Atlanta Journal uh, Constitution said several former players don't be, don't believe McLover was paid at all junior rose green called mclover quote a storyteller and a li- and a d liar can't say the word on the air but i think we all know what he i think we all know what he said um so again i think if some of his former players are saying that this guy's a liar maybe trying to get a little bit of attention you know mm-hmm. he's not in the nfl anymore maybe trying to get a little publicity out there for himself you know I, I guarantee you that maybe definitely part of this is true the michigan state part i don't know the ohio state part who knows i mean Okay, he was offered sexual favors. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I mean, but it is going to air on on HBO on Wednesday night. Um, I believe the show is Real Sports with Brian Gumble. If anyone's ever caught that. So that's what's going to be out for you on Wednesday if you want to get a little bit more of information about this guy. Moving on, though, we're going to go to something, a really uh, good story, something that I really like, really excited about, Uh, Dennis Rodman uh the worm a guy that you know i've always liked uh, in all of his antics and all of his ridiculousness um i think dennis Rodman's awesome and dennis Rodman was actually he was announced uh he was he's accepted into the nba hall of fame the 2011 class was announced uh today um and that's pretty sweet I don't know. I think it's pretty awesome. Like I said, I've always liked Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rahman, in his entire career, averaged a total of 13.1 rebounds per game, which is absolutely incredible. Also, Chris Mullen and Stanford coach Tara Van Der Veer, they were also inducted to the NBA Hall of Fame. Uh, Dennis Rodman, who was a two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, he won five rings in his career, two with the Detroit Pistons when they went back-to-back in 1989 and 1990. Um, it's funny because Dennis Rodman, um, in a lot of quotes and a lot of things he said, he thought he never would get in to the NBA Hall of Fame. Um, you know, Dennis Rodman says, quote, I looked at the way I am and I thought, I wouldn't get in. End quote. Um, and you know what? Rodman says, quote, they looked past all the negativity and thought, wow, he actually did change the game a little bit. End quote. And I guess my question to you and a question to all of our listeners out there, do you think Dennis Rodman is a deserving of getting into the Hall of Fame and having the Detroit Pistons retire his number? Give me a call, 517-432-3893. Megan, do you think Dennis Rodman deserves to be in the NBA Hall of Fame?
1: Oh, yeah. Who doesn't know Dennis Rodman? <laughs> like, and as you said, what did you say? Like 13.1 rebounds per game. That's like yep. on average in his career. For
0: his whole career. Yeah. like He had like, seasons averaging like 16, 17. Yeah. Which is incredible. That
1: is incredible. That's unheard of almost. You know? And good for him. And I think he deserves it. And man, he's such like, like I said, he's such a public figure.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of Dennis Rodman in the past few years. I mean, he hasn't married himself again in a wedding dress. You know, he hasn't kicked any cameramen in the groin because he's not playing basketball anymore. Um, you know, he's not dating Carmen Electra or any of these, you know, bigger celebrity figures. But, um, Dennis Rodman, you know, he is who he is. He's not ashamed of it. Um, when he showed up actually to the, you know, when, you know, to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, actually the real ceremony is going to come in August, but when it was announced, um, it's funny because he shows up in sneakers, jeans, a black ball cap, shades, tan vest with leopard and tan scarves, a white shirt with gold sequins cuffs, and it was unbuttoned and knotted at the waist. So I mean that was uh, Dennis Rodman's uh, attire, standing next to Chris Mullins, <laughs> who's just got his crew cut, looks like a Marine boy in his suit.
1: How does hair look,
0: Dennis Rod? It, it looked color normal. Was it? it? Actually, his his I th- it was black. Wait, you see, he had the black ball cap on, uh, but I do think his hair was a normal color. Oh, that's good. But I'm
1: used to the blue pink,
0: blue pink, bleach. just rainbow colored. <laughs> Um <laughs> again uh, I think Dennis Rhamen's uh, he's fantastic. He actually had his uh jersey retired this Friday at the Palace when the Pistons took on the Bulls. Um all the old uh, bad boys showed up. Vinnie Johnson, uh you know, the microwave John Sally uh, all the good guys: Joe Dumars, Isaiah Thomas, uh, all, Rick Mahorn. All the old timers were there. Um, I watched that. It was actually a very cool night. It was very, uh, it was cool to see Dennis around again. Like he really has been out of the public eye for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, just to see him back doing all right. He was with his son. Um, it's pretty cool. I just think it's very nice to see that, you know, obviously, what he did on the court has nothing what he did off the court. Okay, so if he's marrying it, yeah, all his theatrics, what he did has nothing to do with what he did in this league for all the years he was with, the, all the years he was in the NBA. Again, he played for five teams. He got won five rings. He was, you know, he was with the Pistons for nine seasons. Was very integral into us winning back-to-back championships. Yes, he was never a big scorer. That was never his role on this team. That's not his job. The man re- Rebounded, got the loose balls, just had that had that tenacity, had that fight in, fight in him. And stuff like that, that's what wins you championships. You had the scoring from Joe D, Isaiah Thomas, Dennis Rodman did the dirty work, and he was never ashamed of it, never ashamed of the way he was as a human being, and I just respect him for that. Yeah, some people might think he's weird, kind of a goofball, but you know what? You are who you are, and at least if you're comfortable in your own skin, I can mm-hmm. respect that from somebody.
1: Definitely.
0: But we're going to move on to another story, which is not as fun not as uplifting as uh, Dennis Raman. And it involves the Pistons yet again, but it involves Rodney Stuckey. And Rodney Stuckey did not play this Sunday uh, when the Pistons took on the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Pistons played the Celtics at, at Boston this Sunday in a loss 101-90. Now, Rodney Stuckey was benched for insubordination. That, does that sound like deja vu? Does is is anyone <laughs> listening, does that sound like deja vu? Because it really, really is. Um, this is not the first time that Rodney Stuckey and John Keuster have butted heads. On Friday, Stuckey started the fourth quarter and was removed for Tayshawn Prince with six minutes remaining. Kuster called for Stuckey to come in two minutes later, but the guard refused to re-enter the game. What is with this team? This, I mean... I know you haven't watched a lot of these games, I know, but we've talked about it enough. Where you've seen the insubordination, you've seen the potential walkout, right? Not showing up to shoot around. Yep. Is it? Do you blame the players? Are you blaming John Kuster, or is it a little bit of both here?
1: I'm blaming the whole organization.
0: You're blaming everyone. I'm blaming all the way up to you know Karen Davidson, Joe Dumars, everybody.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, how many how many months have we been talking about if this team will be sold? How many months have Forever. we been talking about, you know, if Custer will be replaced? How many months have we been talking about what the heck's going on with the team? They can't win a game, you know. <laughs> they're less than 500, like way less than 500. And yeah, they're
0: 26 and 50. Yeah,
1: I mean, and I'm just blaming everyone. I mean, the coaches aren't the coach and the, the players aren't getting along. And then on top of it, the team hasn't been sold, even though they said they would be sold by like the beginning of the season. Now they're saying in the middle of the season. Now they're saying the end of the season. Now they're saying, the the season, now they're saying to this. Person, This person, this person, this person. And it's just like we're all over the headlines. There's so many different things. I mean, I'm sure that's not what's what's bothering them, but I think it's just a combination of everything. You know, Rip Hamilton being... Traded or gotten rid of or whatever they're gonna do with it. Or you
0: just that all up, up yeah, in the air.
1: That whole thing going on, and then he gets put in, and he's doing great, and then yeah. they don't know what to do with him, and nobody knows what's going on with him. Like it's just so much stuff going on within the whole organization. I think they just need this season to be over, yep. and they need to figure their crap out.
0: No, exactly, and I mean I think that's a good point. I'm just um, they, there are six games left in this season. Again, they're 26 and 50. Last year, they ended the season, 27 and 55. So I gotta. I have to believe they're going to win at least two more games to hopefully <laughs> surpass uh, what they did last That's season. Right. And really, the rest of the season, um, which is only six games, they're playing sub-500 teams. So they should have a decent decent shot at achieving at least a better record than the previous year. But going back to this insubordination, again, Stucky and Cuser have butted heads before. Uh, this goes back to the fifth game of the season in Atlanta. Um, again, a stoppage of play. Cuser repeatedly called Stucky's name to get him in the game in the third quarter. Stuckey completely ignored him and benched for the next game. Okay, again, we look to February, the shoot-around. P- you know, possible alleged walkout, okay? Stuckey shows up late, didn't play the next night. That was a ridiculous night. Only six Detroit Pistons played that night, and those Pistons played their hearts out. But, again, you've seen him butt heads with Tayshaun Prince. You've seen him butt heads with, obviously, Rich Hamilton. Uh, you know, Charlie Villanueva. This is not ending, um... Stucky has already said it in this, you know, in this, I mean, if you look at this quote right here, you know, he said he was asked specifically about, you know, hopefully, he says, hopefully change will come, end quote, okay, and then he was asked, well, what kind of specific changes? Well, of course, he's not going to get into specific changes, because yeah. he's going to get tore apart right. if he does that, but he says, quote, I'm not getting into all of that. We have six games left. I'll be here for my teammates. He says, you know, we've got six games left. They want to end this season as much as the fans want this season to end. And like we've talked about it before, the Detroit Pistons need to end this season and finally get restore some order, okay? The team needs to get sold. We need to figure out what we're going to be doing with Rich, with uh, Richard Hamilton. Will he be? Will we be able to get rid of him? It's tough to say. I'm not going to blame... Joe Dumars that much in this organization at this point. I think Joe Dumars has been handcuffed. We've said it before. I don't think he has many moves to make with the potential lockout of next year. It's tough to move guys when we don't know what the new collective bargaining agreement is going to be. So I just hope to see. I think this is going to be the most interesting offseason that we've seen in a long time with the Detroit Pistons. Will Will Tayshon Prince stay with this team? He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. What is going to happen with these guys? It's tough to say. You know, Joe Dumars believes that Rodney Stuckey is a guy of the future for Detroit. Well, you know what? I don't know that necessarily. I do believe we need a new coach in there. John Kuster, I really don't think he's a terrible coach, but at the same time, the players don't have respect for him.
1: I think, I don't know. It's My grandpa, he grew up with a couple coaches. They're kind of older than me, so I don't even think they're coaches anymore. But... Mm he was telling me he's talked to his friends before. I can only imagine how hard it is to be a professional coach because these guys are grown men, they're twenty and thirty years old, and they don't want to take crap from anyone. oh yeah, like, I'm my own individual, I'm a grown man. you can't talk to me like this, and that's just that's how their mindset is a lot of the times and i I can understand I'm not saying you know like they shouldn't get rid of Custer or anything, but like I can understand how hard it is for him to you know be a coach and to get thirty and twenty and thirty year old men. To listen to you.
0: And, you know, that is tough. And that's when, I mean, you saw there are certain coaches, guys like Phil Jackson, that everyone always wants to say, Phil Jackson, well, he has as many rings as as he does because he coached Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. because he had, you know, Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you, that's the toughest kind of guys to coach. When you have a team made up of certain all-stars, that many egos that is the toughest group of guys to coach. Like you said, we're not talking about college basketball in eighteen to twenty-one year old, you know, you know, young ad- adolescents. In a sense, we're talking about grown men in their late twenties, thirties. These are grown men that are making millions of dollars, yep. that have been in the league for usually a little bit, you know, a decent while at times. Have had success at some point in their career, and when they see a new coach come in, a guy like John Kuster, and you're losing. Some And you know you just don't agree with lineup changes, however they might be. It causes dissension. And again, I don't think Huster's that bad of a coach. But at the same time, we need to get somebody in here who's going to take control of the asylum. He's going to have the respect of the players, and the players are going to respect them. It's very important. Ronnie Stuckey is going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the season so that means that the Pistons can match any offer if Stucky chooses to sign with another club I don't believe Stucky's going anywhere Um, I would be happy actually if Ben Gordon went somewhere I just don't believe he really fits with this team I think we paid him too much money and uh, Rip Hamilton again. We'll see. I want the season to end. Six games left, ladies and gentlemen. The season ends April thirteenth. Nine days away till you know this, this this disgrace of a season's over again. And I just hope that we can build from this. It doesn't take much in the NBA to make the playoffs. Not in the Eastern Conference. You can be a sub five hundred team and get into the playoffs. Let's see what they do at that in this offseason. Moving on to the Detroit Red, uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, The Red Wings actually have three games left. Three games left. I mean, we're going to be in the playoffs here in like a week and a half.
1: Told you, this season's gone by so fast. It's just
0: flying. But um, the Red Wings did clinch the Central Division on Sunday. Uh, they beat the Minnesota Wild 4-2. to uh, This is actually the ninth time in the last ten years that the Red Wings have clinched the Central Division Championship, which is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, after talking about a team like the Detroit Pistons, we're moving on to a team that is bred to win Constantly, This is their 20th straight playoff appearance this year, which is absolutely a phenomenal record. It's a major league sport record. No other team right now has, a cons- has a con- that kind of consecutive streak going. So congratulations to the Detroit Red Wings, a team that I think everyone in this town takes for granted. I think that we all expect them to win, and we only talk about them and complain about them when they've lost their first playoff game. It's said a lot of time, but it's true. OK, I'm not trying to tell everyone out there how to think or what to do, but let's just remember this team always, always has success, always produces for 20 seasons. I'm 25. So that means for only you know, five years before that they've been in the playoffs for 20 straight years. They've won four Stanley Cups in the last 13 years. Let's give this team its due. It's very incredible at what they've done. Again, they have three games left. They're going to be playing the Carolina Hurricanes here on Wednesday. After that, they have two games, uh, one at home and one away against the Chicago Blackhawks to end the season. Right now, they have 102 points. They are second in the Western Conference. Uh, the San They've been basically going back and forth with the San Jose Sharks. Uh, the San Jose Sharks are in the third spot with 101 points. San Jose also has three games left. They're going to be playing the LA Kings and the Anaheim Mighty Ducks twice. So I guess we'll see where the Red Wings fall. Hopefully, this team can lock on to the two seed. Um, it would be very nice to see them hold on to a two seed and, you know, just basically, you know, play a weaker team kind of at the seven spot and not to mention give them a better chance at having home ice advantage further throughout the playoffs. But uh, Ken Holland, uh, Ken Holland is basically saying that, you know, this team needs to be a little more consistent. They need to be a little more cautious. Uh, Ken Holland says, quote, and Ken Holland is the GM of the Detroit Red Wings. He says, quote, we are still trying to find ourselves. Um, and Holland, Holland pointed out, and this is a good stat for all of our uh, hockey fans out there, and this is a telling stat, I think, for the Red Wings, is that the Red Wings rank 21st right now in goals against, okay, They ranked, that's 21st, 227 goals against. That's an average of 2.87 goals per game. They need to do a better job at that. The Wings are fantastic on the road this year, but they do, they are struggling at home a little bit. This team is 21, 13, and 6 when it comes to playing at Joe Louis Arena. So it would be nice to see this team kind of figure it out a little bit more. Did you catch any of the Red Wings game against Minnesota? I mean, I missed. I didn't see it all either. I saw some highlights of it. I've
1: watched a little bit of Red Wings this season, as you said. Like everyone takes them for granted, and then I have schoolwork and everything, and I'm watching. Like it's hard.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Then the game was on at a weird time yesterday. The game was on at like. I want to see was like a five o'clock star time. I don't
1: know. I was watching the Tigers and trying to watch NASCAR at the same time. So oh, I like, Kevin Harvick. I know, I know. I had, I had, I was flipping back and forth, and then I have a, I have Directv, so I had a scoreboard, so I would be like watching nice. the Tigers game to see who was in the lead and everything. So, but I'm out of here.
0: All right. you. Take out. it easy. Don't get that ticket.
1: I'm trying not to. Okay. I hate parking on MSU. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. You take it easy, Megan. Okay. But, yeah, Megan needs to leave because she doesn't want a ticket. I don't blame her because uh, the, poli- uh, the ticket police around here are vicious. But uh, back to Detroit Red Wings just for a second. Pavel Datsuk made his return to the Red Wings in that game against Minnesota. And I think we could all tell the difference with Datsuk back in the lineup. Got it done yet again. Had an assist. Um, and just when he's on the ice, it's a, it, I think it's a different flow. It's a different team. This guy's an incredible puck handler. Um, one of the best guys in the business at taking care of the puck. And and really making smart decisions when it comes with that hockey puck. Um, right now, um, looking at uh, the games coming up, like I said, you got Carolina on Wednesday, and then we got Chicago in Chicago. Let's hope the Wings can hold on to that two seed. I believe they can. Um, you know, they really got it done. Uh, again, Wings are an impressive team. Um, again let's go Wings. Playoffs are coming up. We'll be talking about that more next week. But since we are running out of time, uh, real fast, I do want to mention, we're not going to be able to talk about it too much on this week's show, but we will get to next week's show and talk about the results of it. The Masters are starting up on Thursday. And that for anyone listening, that's golf. Okay, obviously. Um, the Masters are kicking off on April 7th. Augusta, Georgia. Um, it's going to be good. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson back to, you know, uh, try and win back-to-back. Uh, Masters championship. Uh, Phil Mickelson last year with all the turmoil going on in his family, with his wife and his mother having breast cancer, he, he won in a very emotional uh, win at the Masters, won the Green Jacket, uh, which was a very uh, heartwarming story. It was a fantastic win for Phil Mickelson, who's always been striving for it. Um, I'm really excited this year. Uh, hopefully, Ty- I think Tiger Woods actually has a pretty good shot at winning the Masters this year. Uh, this is his favorite course. This is where he gets it done. So again, that's going to be Thursday through Sunday. Monday, the Masters. We'll talk about the results of that and how that plays out on next Monday's show. But with just three minutes left, we are going to do the interesting facts. And since college basketball is just about over, it will be over at you know before midnight tonight. I'm going to give you guys just some interesting college basketball facts. Okay, the first time the tournament had 64 teams in it was in 1985. That was the first time that they brought that. 64 teams in the tournament was 1985. Now, UCLA, from 1964 to 1974, UCLA won 38 tournament games in a row, which was absolutely incredible. They did not qualify the tournament for the tournament in 1966, but they did win a bunch of games. What snapped that streak was in 1974, they finally got beat by NC State. Looking at Patrick Ewing, Patrick Ewing was actually the player of the year, only averaging 14.6 points per game, which is absolutely incredible. That was when he was with Georgetown in 1985, so good for Patrick Ewing, always been a fan of uh big Patrick Ewing, who's now actually working on the bench for the Orlando Magic. Okay, moving on though to a couple more quick facts. This is one of my favorite facts and actually one of my favorite players to ever actually play basketball. Pete Maravich had a record career scoring average of 44.2 points per game when he completed his college career which is absolutely amazing to average that kind of scoring. And the most amazing part of this stat is that Pete Maravich held this record for the most total points scored also with 3,667 points. He only played in three years. That's only in three years. Never even played in his fourth year. Um, great job, Pete Maravich. Uh, you know, Pistol Pete, one of the all-time greats out there. Here's another interesting fact for you guys. Dunking was outlawed in 1968 which is a little weird <laughs> yeah. Uh, getting rid of dunking, but it was reinstated in 1977 because we all love our high-flying dunks. Who doesn't? Okay, let's see. And here is my last interesting fact to end the show. The first player to lead the NCAA, the NBA, and the ABA in scoring is Mr. Rick Barry, the the immortalized Rick Barry. Rick Barry did this when he was with the University of Miami from 1961 to 65. He did it with the Oakland Oaks in the A- in the ABA from 68 to 69. And then he did it with the Golden State Warriors in the NBA from 1972 to 1978. Coming up next, we have the Asian Invasion on 89, 88.9 FM, The Impact. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening to our show. Tune in next week for another brand new show of the Spartan Sports Wrap. For all you listeners out there, my name is Dave Perrin. Thank you. You guys have a fantastic night. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune
1: in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis.
0: Here and only here on Impact 89FM. An exclusive podcast from Impact 89FM.